Welcome to Decide You Can podcast. We're two sisters on opposite sides of the world, talking about our own experiences in our nine to five lives and discussing all sorts of things that keep us focused, happy and productive in everyday life. My name's Laura. I've been living and working in Melbourne for three years now and would describe myself as independent, creative and totally obsessed with dogs. I'm a manager in a professional services firm and love being able to bring my creative streak into the workplace, especially when it comes to spreadsheets and analytics. Susie, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Susie. I live in Edinburgh and I have done for about six years. It's only a couple of years ago, though, that I decided I should start getting my life together a little bit. So I started studying a maths degree by a distance learning. I've been working in a few jobs within the financial sector and I absolutely love how busy my life is at the moment. There's never a dull moment. It's sometimes frustrating and it's always rewarding. Great. Thanks for that, Suze. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about training and personal development in our working lives as well as our personal lives. We'll be reflecting on how to deal with difficulties like stress on a daily basis and how our learning styles can be applied in different situations. I challenge Susie to think about stress differently and see how she might apply that in her week ahead. And we also talk about how her distance learning means she sees things differently at work. Let's get started. Why don't we start by talking a bit about training, learning, development. You're obviously in a bit of a new role at the moment. Um, I've been in my manager role for about a year. Um, So we've probably got different takes on learning and development. I expect so. (laughs) Why don't you start by talking about your technical development? I guess it's easy for us to see that learning and development's broken down into technical and non-technical so let's talk a bit about the technical development that you get. For me technically I'm learning more from practice and observation it's a very new role for me and it's definitely a step up of what I've done previously so it is a case of watching what my colleagues are doing and trying to replicate it into more work tasks and it's it's a very interesting way to do it but it can be a little tedious at points. I think for me I find it's very easy to just start doing something and that's definitely a way that I learn best is just by having a go and starting doing something and having somebody that I can ask questions to. Do you have that in your workplace? I definitely do. There's definitely a lot of colleagues that I've got around me that I'm constantly having to go and ask questions to and just really see how they've used these, like whether it be formulas or just general work tasks. What I find really exciting, to be honest, is when you get to use it yourself and you get to see that piece of work that you struggled with so much previously and then suddenly are able to put it into context and able to answer other queries. And that's a really exciting moment in one's own development. Yeah, it sounds a bit geeky, but when you watch a YouTube video or something about a formula and go and seek it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because they're using different data sets that you've never seen before. So when you get the chance to do it in your own job using information that you really understand, it just makes it so much more real and you can put that into practice. I think you get a bit of a buzz from actually feeling like you've really learned something. Definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) So in terms of non-technical development, things like the softer skills, the negotiation skills, dealing with resilience and dealing with stress. How do you get your learning and development in the non-technical space? 
So it's not something at the company I work for that is offered in terms of an official training course or anything but they do they are very very good at giving mentor relationships so whether it be through just a manager and their team or whether it be through some other professional in the the company we are very good at getting those relationships built up so that you can go to them for advice on certain situations I know I've certainly got a few people in in my work that I'm happy to go to and approach and will constantly be pestering for advice in certain situations yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that, as you said, it's that coaching, mentoring relationship that can be really, really valuable. A lot of the time, it's what's personal to you and how you feel like you're going to develop and grow. And so I think seeking out things like TED lectures is a really great way of being able to see things differently and bounce ideas off other people, but get a different take on it from somebody who's a bit further removed. I find that if it's important to you, you can ask the right questions and you can go and find the right information to really deal with it and learn about it. I suppose for me as well, it's so interesting because I go to a lot of people in my own work for this advice, but then there's so often I'll end up approaching you and it's interesting to see how much of a different opinion you can bring to the floor. There is a great TED lecture, which I'll put in the show notes, called How to Make Stress Your Friend. And it's by a psychologist called Kelly McGonigal. And she just wants people to see stress as a positive. And she introduces a bit of a mindset shift to actually see how stress could be beneficial and how you can make it work for you. A lot of it is about talking to other people, but stress isn't really going anywhere. It's not something that you can just get rid of in your life. So it's actually how do you deal with it in the best way and how do you identify it in others? And so I guess how do you use it to your own advantage, really, in the end, if it's so constantly there, you should be really trying to make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you see it as a positive thing, then it stops becoming this burden that's weighing you down. And it is just this mindset shift. So I would really challenge you this week, Susie, to watch that video and see how you might be able to apply that in your working life and also at home because it's not like stress just goes away once you step out of your door at work. It's a really interesting thought to sort of challenge myself on a non-technical basis as well because I guess I pick up so much of it through the people I work with that I maybe miss out on how I challenge myself. Yeah absolutely I think we're always in this space of learning and developing And it's just how do we make the most out of that and reflect on it and say, I've actually learned a lot this week. We're always just learning other things from our surroundings. But I think TED lectures are a really positive way of being able to add a little bit of understanding into what we're doing. It'd be quite interesting to maybe discuss um, from your perspective as a manager, how much training do you actually expect from your team on an individual basis? How much would you be expecting them to take on themselves Yeah, absolutely. I think you don't want to spend all of your time in a classroom. It's, as we said before, a lot of it's when you actually start applying it into everyday scenarios or the things that you're going to be working with, they suddenly become real and you start to better yourself. So there's definitely a lot of emphasis on spending time doing things and learning it by actually doing it yourself. 
But in the non-technical space, I would encourage my teams and everybody that I work with to really try and build their own knowledge of human interactions. I think regardless of where you work, you need to be really good at emotional intelligence and building your interactions with other people. I think it's how you get the best out of other people is by understanding a bit more about stress responses and resilience and negotiation skills and those kind of non-technical side of things that apply to you every day. You're quite fortunate in that your company are able to offer such a variety in ways of learning. Is there a particular way that you find is most effective? Is it through classroom learning or is it through shadowing and putting into practice yourself? Yeah, I I don't think there's one particular way that trumps all the others. It's really kind of a personal thing and you see it more as teachers start teaching students in school and in university everybody's learning in a different way and you'll probably have a really good idea of how you learn best you do distance learning so I don't think there's always one specific way that works for everybody so I think it's knowing that you can get a lot of benefit from classroom training but you can also have loads of other sources of inspiration and information to help you build all of your knowledge. So from a distance learning perspective, you obviously must understand what your learning style is, how you work well, how do you balance it with your job? Do you want to talk a bit about what your learning style is and where you get the most development? I suppose for me, it was a massive challenge to take on when I started out in this degree. I'm so glad I did, though, because it really has shaped how I learn at work as well. Whether that be through different modules, I'll be working things differently. And certainly this module, it's been a case of just practice as much as you can and appreciate how many questions you'll get wrong before you'll get some right. And going into a new job, I was able to apply that same theory so I'm sure my team would all agree I tend to ask far too many questions and then eventually get the point so solidly but that's just the way I learn at the moment. It is really interesting to be able to replicate the learning techniques from my course into my work. I think that's a really great thing that you're talking about when you're saying so there were probably a couple of things that I heard there one of them was when you were saying about having to get things wrong a few times before you get it right and the other is asking loads and loads of questions just to really make sure that you have a really solid understanding of the point do you find that with maths I guess that there's only one answer or do you end up having finding that there's lots of different ways of seeing the information I do tend to get into discussion with uh, a couple of friends regarding the maths and when I get stuck at a question I'll bring it to them and it is really interesting because they have a different technique sometimes to the way that I'm being taught but we ultimately get the same answer and it's a case of trying to work out what is the most helpful technique there what is the most what is the easiest to remember things like that it's it's a different understanding of my course and it is interesting to just apply that different perspective I guess. Yeah I think it's using other people to really help build that understanding it's as you said it's not just getting that from an online module but actually bouncing those ideas off other people and even people who don't understand the topic I sometimes find it easier to talk to somebody who I know doesn't know the answer 
and I can sort of work through it myself with them and see if I can explain it to them in a different way. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be very well acquainted with me stressing out over my maths and then just having to calm me down and be like, well, I know someone that does it this way. (laughs) When you look back as well to be able to review how you did it, it's really nice to be able to see how it's come together. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really valuable piece of advice for people is that it's using other people to help build your own understanding and taking something which could be very solutions focused in terms of maths you're trying to solve a problem and actually it just helps build your learning and understanding and just changes your way of thinking. It's very nice to see it all coming together. So now I'd really like to talk about the inspiration behind the name of this podcast, Decide You Can. I'd really like, Susie, for you to talk about what Decide You Can means to you. So I suppose for me, it's a case that I take on big challenges in my life, whether that be the course that I'm studying at the moment or whether it be the marathon that I took on this year. I've always taken on big things and certainly when I sign up to these things I just literally just decide I can I'm not hesitating there for a moment and definitely later on there always is that moment of doubt realizing that I might not actually manage to do these things which definitely then there is a call between me and you to be reassured that I can it is just that initial decision to go why not why shouldn't I do this? I definitely can. So go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, it's a really good way of seeing it. For me, Decide You Can really is quite a strong statement. It's quite empowering. It makes me think differently and it changes my mindset. I think a lot of the time you can become a bit of a victim and say, oh, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. And I think Decide You Can just puts a different spin on it and allows you to say, actually, you're stronger than you think. You absolutely have this. And it's not necessarily how you do it, but you will do it. And I suppose it's also a case that when you have decided that you can do something, like (laughs) the amount of inspiration you give to others without even realising it is really quite remarkable. Like it has more impact than you realise every single time you decide. I guess we heard it, you know that we heard it from our mum who used to say it when we were younger. Just turn the corners of your mouth up and say, I can, I can. And whilst we would roll our eyes and you sort of, with hindsight, you look back on that and go, oh, she was really right. She, if you <laughs> If you believe that you can do something, then other people come along for the ride and want to see you succeed and I think it's quite an empowering thing um I also heard Lara Casey talk about it on Jess Lively's podcast and I really got a lot of inspiration from it I know a lot of other people got a lot of inspiration from it but when she said decide you can it suddenly took me back to what our mother was talking about when she was saying oh decide you can turn the corners of your mouth up and say I can I can I couldn't say it to her though (laughs) (laughs) that's probably all we've got time for on this episode of decide you can i'd just like to wrap it up there thanks susie for being so open and honest about the challenges that you go through in terms of your technical development and non-technical development i'd really challenge you to watch that ted video 
see how you might be able to make it real in your everyday life. I guess I challenge you to do the same as you've just got that different perspective to what I do in the working environment. So it would be really interesting to see how different it is from your perspective or how similar it is, actually. Thanks for listening to this Decide You Can podcast. If you have any suggestions or comments, feel free to tweet us at Decide You Can and we will look forward to chatting again soon. From myself and Susie, bye. Bye.